0: Ah,
1: man, it blows me away how sometimes it's works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's right away, sometimes it's not. Much like sex of a certain variety.
0: You are now about to witness. The awesome crushing might of oh. U.D.S. Robinson Show Stabber! Welcome, my fans, my fans, to a show that seemingly maybe never ends. This is V-81 of the Eugene S. Robinson Joe Stomper. I am your host, Eugene S. And this is V-81, as I've once said. Starting out at the top of the hour. The song, it says it all. Intro, All of Nothing by who? Stigmata. From the record, Calling of the Just. Still available from Revelation Records. Online, Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California. You go in, you type in uh, Stigmata. They got a bunch of records, but Calling It a Just is the one that has a song on it, which is called Intro All of Nothing. Sung by and written and sung by the infamous street fighting man himself, Bob Riley. And it's what kicked off the show since 19, 2007. Listen, listen well. I'm taking a real good look at you. Taking a real good look at your face. Well, <laughs> being paid back in full always nothing.
1: All right. All right, my friends. Enough of that. Enough of that. Um, uh, you'll notice a slight change this week. I don't have the pipe. Uh, for those of you listening on the air uh, who have complained, Like, hey, man, what are you doing with the other 22 hours of your day that you have to subject us to your eating? So I'm eating a bowl of French vanilla ice cream right now, and I'm doing it specifically for the crybabies who complain about me eating on air. It's not professional. Can't you do it some other time? It drives me crazy. I got misophonia. I can't take it. I, I, I listen, listen. I know we're in a MySpace culture, where there's this illusion that every care, everybody cares about everything. I, 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 oh yeah, I love strawberry ice cream. No, no, I love it. I love it. Um, and I was doing it. I was putting it in a bowl. I was about to eat it before the show. I look at the clock. It was like six forty-five. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta stop the show. Surely nobody will begrudge me, a tramp like me, a fucking bowl of ice cream. We're not doing commercials anymore. I've given you something. Now nah, you'll give me nothing. you give me nothing for my birthday. At least let me, August 28th, at least let me eat this in peace. There's only nine of you here anyway. I'm sure you can take it. Um, I don't know. I stole it. <laughs> why I didn't really steal it. You know, <laughs> somebody left it on the break table at work. And uh, far be it for me to leave it there. Actually, it was on the break table at work for my birthday celebration. So it's not really stealing it. I look at it as like a, a gift to me. And I a dick cream. You know what? You didn't have to take it there. I'm still eating it. Reminds me of a story of a time when when I was being filleted, um, and uh, uh, and the woman oh Dick Cream ah and the woman looked up at me and said, "I've learned everything I know about fellatio from my gay male friends." You know, I, I'm completely cool. I you know lots of gay friends. I don't really care, but. uh you know, the—I mean, it was placement is everything. You know, it, it, I, you know, if if I wanted a man to be filleting me, I would have had a man filleting me, and that's not where we were. So, uh, you know, you would keep talking about it, but you're gonna pay. By which I mean, keep talking about it, and the meter runs down. If you get my drift. Anyway, look, this is V eighty one. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. I've now finished the ice cream, and I've dispensed with the Utre sex talk. Let me get the non-working piping gear. And, uh, and and I, I want to tell you a little story. And this is actually, usually the stories went back around into the show. This may or may not do that, but I, I want to specifically, you know, I, I kind of identify something. Um, and and, and it, you'll bear with me. And it, it involves a story, um, a sex story. I'll get to that. Yeah, thing. it involves a sex story that that I've told before about how I'm I'm never there was a point in my life where I was never sure that what things meant or what things things were, what things meant. If you understand my difference, for example, um, uh, I, I remember I remember seeing this woman. I saw her at a trailer park. She had on uh, gold shoes, and she had on um, like those MC Hammer pants and a blue top. I did not speak to this woman at that time, but I did like the gold shoes. Uh, And I don't remember the context under which I met her before. Harem pants, thank you. Harem pants, a strange outfit. And then I remember seeing her walking along. I was in a... Under a black cloud, and I was walking by the history corner at Stanford campus, and and uh, and she appeared, boom. She's like, "Hey, I know you." And this time, she had on khakis and a and, and a white wife-beater tank top with no bra, and I go, "Yeah, yeah, I know you too." You know, you were the girl with the gold shoes. We start talking, I go, "Well, what are you doing?" And she said, "Well, I'm uh, I'm celebrating my anniversary." I go, "Oh, what anniversary of what?" She goes, me and my man, we've been together three years or two years. I go, that's great. Where is he? Well, uh, he, he's in Chicago, and, uh, you know, uh, we're going to call each other on the phone. This is well before email or any of those kinds of communiques. I go, he's in Chicago. I guess he couldn't afford the plane ticket to come out here and spend the anniversary together. I guess it didn't mean that much to him. You know, people under black clouds want to share space in those clouds with other people. And she goes, yeah, I guess so. Well, I'll see you later. See you later. Unbeknownst to me at that point, she went out that night and went to a party and uh, had sex with my drummer. I didn't know this until later. But that's a, that's a tangent. That's not the point of the story. So uh, I, I remember seeing her again at some point and... She said, Well, what, 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 do you, what do you do with your time? What do you do? I said, Well, mostly, this is the point at which I was living. Uh, I, had, I was, had just moved from a shack, kind of in an abandoned backyard of a house in, in Palo Alto, where I was slowly starving to death. And I would go out, and a friend of mine, who subsequently became a doctor, showed me how to thresh dead grass. You know, it's how to get seeds out of grass. And he said, You know, you can survive on this stuff. I don't have any milk, man. He goes, milk, you fucking your bourgeois concept. And so uh, we threshed it, put it in a bowl that the, the, the neighbors had, I'm sure, been using as a cat bowl and poured water from the hose in it. And this is what I uh, existed on for weeks. I may be exaggerating, but if you haven't eaten dead grass for two weeks, you don't know what this is like. And you're not a horse. There was an older woman around the corner who maybe was probably about sixty-eight. Rita, who was the one who made it sure that I got out of Stanford. Sometimes
0: get a firearm
1: handy. that noise was, um, and she uh, she would invite me over for dinner on odd occasion. I know this sounds like a Shaggy Dog story, but I believe me, it is going somewhere. And so then I see this woman with the with the uh, gold shoes and. I says, hey, I'd like to come over some night. We could just hang out, and watch TV, or something. I was like, okay, because what things mean, and what things are, and what they mean to me. If you go back to the Wallace Stevens poem of the man on the blue guitar who plays things as they are, there's a one-to-one correlation. You say, come to your house and watch TV. I understand, come to your house and watch TV. So I had a. I li- at this point, I moved from the shed. I'd actually put together a few nickels and was eating more than dead grass. And uh, there was a couch in the room already. There, there were two couches, a big couch and kind of a love seat. And then I had a, a shelf and then I had a, a king-sized bed that I used to do a lot of my work on. I had a big piece of glass and used it to lay out the magazine. And I mentioned this magazine because if you watch me on Twitter, at Eugene S. Robinson, you see I, re- I retweeted something from Trent, uh, Ryan Smith. Uh, apparently I appear on page number nine of uh, the Anton LaVey biography written by uh, noted uh, (laughs) white nationalist (laughs) Boyd Rice. Uh, um, I laid out that magazine on that bed. But in any case, the TV was at the foot of the bed. So sit down, watching some TV. We start watching a movie. It's a pretty cool movie. I'm pretty excited about the movie. She says, well, let's lay down. I go, okay, lay down. She goes, do you mind? And I go, I don't mind. And she puts her head... On my chest, I go. Okay, I guess this is what friends do, you know. And so she's holding me. We're watching the movie. She got the head on my chest, and then you know, she sits up and she takes off her shirt. Now she's shirtless, and she's her head is on my chest. And I go, well, I guess this is what friends do. There was no guile in my approach. It wasn't like I, 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 I was, I, I was, you know, scheming. I wasn't scheming. Oh, guys talking about their toenails in the chat. You don't care about this story. Why Why am I wasting my time? Let's just get to the fight talk, right? We want to talk about toenails. We want to talk about, yeah, why Why should I bother? Why should I go on? Okay, let's go to UFC Fight Night 159. Oh, no, 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 Bobby, for me, your toenails are much more important. No. <laughs> oh, oh, now you want me to finish the story. Okay. All right then. All right. So uh, so so I'm on the bed, and she's shirtless now. And uh, you know, I understand that sometimes nudity people conflate nudity with sexual activity, but I don't. I you know, well I'm around plenty of naked people. Whatever doesn't always mean sexual activity. So then, she puts my penis in her mouth, and I and finally I say, you know what? Sometimes things as they are are what they mean they are. And and, and this, on any fucking place on this planet Earth, constitutes sexual activity, right? Nobody is putting my penis in their mouth unless we are engaged in what is commonly understood to be sexual activity. Nobody puts their penis in my in their mouth accidentally. Nobody puts my penis in their mouth because they were bored. Nobody puts their penis in my mouth thinking that my penis was a pen or a pipe or a pencil. Yeah, I have had girlfriends tell me that they accidentally put penises in their mouth, but nobody hasn't accidentally put my penis in their mouth. And so I say, I got it. I guess I'm not gonna see the end of this movie. And then we began having sexual contact of some sort as I as I remember The point is, it took me a long time to, to get to me R and means. And, and, and I say this all to say that 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 that, that those of you who On Twitter (laughs) who who are trying to... um... (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Those of you on Twitter who are routinely engaged in trying to to draw me in political conversation, though political conversation is part of if the shoes fit, and that on occasion I use it as an analog to describe something in the fight world or the philosophical underpinnings of something else. You have to understand that my interest in the TV show that is politics is much less than the in, my interest in my penis in that mouth. In other words, things as they are, not things as as they mean. Not not things. How am I trying to say? Not things. Not what things mean, but how things are. So you're going to have to excuse me if the multiple repeated attempts to tag me in a political discussion about MAGA shit meets with total, stunning, dead silence. Because I, to quote Sorrell, don't fuck care. Yeah, at, at that point. Nobody's giving me a hard time at that point. No guile. And it, it, some people have given me a hard time in the retelling of that story, but how stupid could you be? How stupid could you be? Didn't you know when she took, I'm one of those guys, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm a simple man. And, 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 and I pride simple and direct talk. Which finds ourselves at UFC Fight Night 159. And let's just start at the top. Between Yair Rodriguez and Jeremy, who the fuck is that guy, Stevens. First of all, if we're going to reverse engineer this, let's say, listen to Care Don't Care preview, which I did not, usually I I tweeted out and put it up on, I think I did tweet, I retweeted it, usually I put it up on my page. I didn't put it up on my page. Because um, the story I told about losing my virginity, the woman I actually lost my virginity to is uh, a Facebook friend at this point in time. You know, I was 15 a long time ago, and yet Facebook makes these associations possible. However, she asked me at the time, is this your first time? Actually, that's not what she asked me. She asked me, am I the first white woman you've had sex with? Which I thought was a strange question at the time, but I felt honor bound to say no because I didn't want the moment to mean more to her than it should have been. In other words, I wanted to own the uniqueness of that moment. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to post it on my page on the off chance that she would listen to it and go, "Oh, I was." Want- The first woman that you slept with. How cool and how rare. And now I can share in the uniqueness of that moment. No, no, no. It's like when my first kid was born and the nurse is kind of peering in my eyes to see if this big, tough, bodybuilding martial arts guy is going to have an emotional reaction. And I was having an emotional reaction. Mine. My emotional reaction. Not one to be shared. So that's why. But I don't care. I don't care. Um... (laughs) Uh, um, (laughs) but on the care don't care um, I I cared very little for UFC fight at 159 very little I got Steph talked me into caring about two more fights on the card than I would have cared about I cared about Angela Hill who won and I cared about the main line uh, the main fight headline fight And she talked to me, Karen, about two others that I was soft on. Oh, that means somebody is coming up the walkway. So it wasn't a big card. In other words, my expectation of the card was very low. And sometimes if your expectation is low and the delivery is low, you're okay. Right? I, I. I expected that sex to be bad. That sex was bad. And this has nothing to do with the previous story. That sex was actually pretty good. So, it, it, expected it to be bad. It was bad. And I'm okay with that. Like right here, one to one. Expected it to be bad. It was bad. Worldview confirmed. Bing. So, I expected this fight to be disinteresting. And it, it, exceeded my expectations downward. Now, under normal circumstances, I'm one of those FSU guys. I don't mean Friends Stand United. I mean fuck shit up, guys. Chaos. Chaos I love. I love chaos. You know? I love it sometimes. I, I've, You know how many riots I've been in? I've been like two or three riots. They've been Fantastic. People talk about And At one point, there was a, a mafia had sh- put a stranglehold on sanitation in Sicily and refused to pick it up until they got some sort of concessions made. And there were piles of garbage, 10 feet high, lining lining the highways. And a friend of mine, who had been actually in the mafia as well, was driving and he asked his cousin, what the fuck is this? And his cousin, as they whizzed by the stinking 10-foot hile, piles of garbage in Sicily, he waved his hand out the window that was open so all the smell was wafting in, and he goes, Liberdat. Liberdat, freedom. That's sort what of this is. So, usually, of course, the Nazis call it freedom of the streets. A wonderful analogy for chaos. But, you know, when I see, dude, you know, a hail of stuff, you know, there are times to do that. I can think of a few fights that I've seen this year that seemed appropriate. Most readily, first in the head, uh, uh, Rory McDonald and John Fitch at Bellator. That was a mockery of a travesty, of a sham, uh, 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 a miscarriage of justice. They just didn't want old ass John Fitch fight. And John Fitch is a a Trump guy. And it, it doesn't change the fact that I know injustice when I see it. However, and we talked about this a little bit on Care Don't Care. This shit with the eyeballs, yeah, exactly, at least they fought. This shit with the eyeballs, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. You got, I'm usually an FSU guy, a fuck shit up guy, but you got to understand, somebody getting a finger in the eye it, it is like, uh, it, it's like, uh, you know, having sex and then your roommate's knocking on the door, asking for uh, uh, the pistol. That happened. You know, that happened. I, I I was roommates. The guy used to live in my garage. He also worked in my store. And uh, his ex girlfriend came into the store where I a store I owned on the weekends. And I said, Hey, you know, you got some cute friends. Why don't you set me up with one of your friends? And she came in one day and she gave me some phone numbers. And I said, Oh, it's cool. She goes, Well, you know, I could put my number on there. I go, Oh shit, now nah, I got this to deal with. So I go back to him. I say, Hey, Paul. He goes, Yeah. I said, uh, You know, uh, Jessica just gave me her number, man. You need to let me know what you want me to do about this. Well, I don't care what you're No, this is not macho posturing. Get that shit out of here. I'm, not, I'm asking you, honest to God. If you say no, you don't feel, you live in my house, you work for me in my store. If you're going to be uncomfortable with this, I don't do it. It's simple. He goes, Ah, well, she's more like a sister or a friend these days. I don't care what you do. Fine. Start going out. Got bing, bada bing, bada bang. So he's hearing sounds of sex through the wall. He's dying to know. He's in a band. He's in a band, right? He's in a he's in a band, and he says, "Can I borrow a pistol for one of the music videos?" I go, "Yeah, sure you can." But he picked that moment to come knocking on the door, and I'm like, "Hey man, hey 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 man, I'm busy." He goes, well, we gotta film the video now. I go on, oh, man. Can you come back later? No, I can't. I come. I said, hold on, hold on a second. So I jump up, put on a towel. It was actually a forty-five, not a pistol. Forty-five, a semi-auto, and and, and I hand it to him. Open the door, and he goes, "Hi, Jessica." And I, and I'm nervous, right? I just want to get him out of there. So I shoved the loaded forty-five in his hand, and I go, "Wait a minute, you don't need the bullets with that, do you?" And his hand is on the gun. His hand is on the gun. He's looking at me. He's looking at her. And I at the last second, as his hand tightens around the gun, I snatch it back. And then I take the bullets out. And then I give it to him. It's a side note. It's a tangent. The point is that was made on care, don't care. Is that <clears throat> stop? Thing, gotta stop. Now, they are these things that you, for, for making, for me, Yeah, he didn't actually, that would have been, had he shot me to death, had he, no, I asked him. What do you mean? I asked him. He said, honest to God, if he had said no, I'd have kept on walking. He didn't say no, tried to play a tough guy. And let's not drag me back to the story. I don't know why you guys are late. I just finished the thing five minutes ago. So they they make these things, not water wings. That's something they keep kids from drowning. They make these web fingers. I don't know if you've seen these things, and uh, and they 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 make your hands look like like you're from the creature from the Black Lagoon, right? So like it puts webbing between your fingers. It increases the draw, so you get a better workout when you swim. But it so you can articulate the varying fingers, but at the same time they function as a unit. And instead of pointy tips, you just have. Kind of a mitten effect on the end. Now you see them online, uh, web, yeah. I don't know what the web fingers is what it looks like, but there was a time in the UFC where there were no standardized hand hand. People were wrapping their hands with tape and so on. Tank Abbott is the one who delivered uh, essentially a, a, a body a lifting glove, a modified lifting glove, and that's where the gloves came from. Surely, if we can put humans on the moon, somebody, some engineer geek who's into MMA. Can re- design a better mousetrap and come up with the gloves. We saw Todd Duffy against Hughes, even though I think that that was, a, you know, uh, two actors in search of a way out, or maybe one actor in search of a way out. And I hope his career never recovers from that. We saw there was another one that I, I keep slipping my mind. A third, and this is the third one. Clearly, you have a problem. Your the oopsie has a problem. There is no other sport in which I can think of. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe there is no other sport in which I can, I was training with a guy who had, uh, who fought in Bellator and won, Renato Alves and, uh, and he was training with me with the Bellator gloves so he could get used to the gloves. And I, I wasn't digging on those necessarily either, you know? Um. So, so th- there is no other sport that I can think of that you have a singular event, like my great grandmother used to say, "One monkey don't stop no show." Where you have a singular event that completely, yeah, I will. That completely fucking causes the event to crash to a causes a monkey to stop the show. Okay. Well, team sports you have redundancies. It makes sense. Okay. Well, what about let's go to sports that are not team sports? Wrestling. People get hurt in wrestling. But okay, it's a different thing. The hands go low; they're not in the face. Boxing. Well, you got the gloves. Is there any other sport? I mean, you, yeah, you can't, you can't, ha- you can't have your billion-dollar promotion, your four-billion-dollar promotion hamstrung because a, a guy. So what we came up with on uh, uh, yeah, and that's as well. The, 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 I mean, the fingers. So what we came up with on care don't care was. Um, People like the redesigned glove. And, and John Nash came up with, uh, uh, it was either John Nash or Steph came up with this idea that, that you cannot reward, like right now there is an incentive to not continue the fight. You take your five minutes and you know, if I'm in deep water and I realize this is a fight I might not get into, my way out is to not take the fight. I know it goes – I can go back to the drawing board, and I know it gets registered as a a no contest. There is no incentive at that point to continue the fight. John Nash, uh, off the cuff, came up with an incentive structure that if you – okay, there's one thing if you are – if a guy is rushing you and you hold up your hand and and somehow impales his eye on your finger – no harm, no foul, get the five minutes, that happens less often than not. What more often happens is what we want to call the Johnny Boni Joni method, which is to approach, approach as the aggressor. Yeah, kind of feathered his eyeballs. Because I remember took karate, that was a move. You know, I'm going too fast for you to see that. So he says, look, mandatory if you are the aggressor which means you're moving forward and you eye poke the person gets 5 minutes and you get a point deducted now the person who has been eye poked has an incentive to finish the fight if they were get if they were getting drubbed they now know that the numbers are in their favor and they might actually pull this out and they might dig down deep and, and find out what they need to do to finish that fight. It's a good system. The aggressor, and that way, there won't be, like, look, if I'm doing jujitsu... So what? If it's legit, tough titty. That's how it happens. Don't do it. You know, if I'm doing jujitsu and a guy jabs me in the eye and he says, sorry, I'll buy that. Second time, I'm buying a little less. Third time and third sorry, I tell a guy, you hit your sorry limit. You cannot, you, you have to create an incentive structure so that the deal gets done. You got one job and one job only. That is, you know, not coitus interruptus. That is a successful uh, a, a, a successful run of event. No, I mean, sometimes you're, you're vigorous. You get a, a, a purple belt, a blue belt, and people are pushing the pace. Eh, Some stuff, stuff happens. If it's a Yeah, if it's an upper belt and it's twice in a row the same thing, okay, I don't believe it. But sometimes it happens that the guy will do three dirty moves by, like there'll be a pinch, there'll be a chin in the eye socket, there'll be an elbow to the jaw. Those are three different accidents. But the third one, I'm starting to think that they're not accidents. Nah, now poking the other guys, okay, yeah, you could do that based on where you think the points are. If, if essentially what the toll for an eye poke is going to be a point, you know, people might do it as a matter of course, but I think largely since you don't know what the judges are going to do, you're not going to run the risk at all, not going to run the risk at all of, of dealing with the eye poke, because magically I think you'll discover that what happens is it doesn't happen anymore. If you don't think these guys are out there playing the percentages, you're completely wrong. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't care because I've actually been poked in the eye. And there are two types of eye pokes. There's a thing where your where your eye just waters a bit, and you you could gotta shake your head and continue the fight. And there's a thing where your eye is aggressively flipping out, and it'll like spasming and will not open because it figures it's un- it feels like it's under attack. When I thought you know you want to end up like Bisping, the Sammy Davis Jr. of fucking MMA. No, you don't. Bisping retired before we could feel sorry for him. He he retired as close to as close to at the right time as a fighter should should retire. We got to see him take out Luke Cockhold. To see him, uh, people are, I'm hearing rumors about the glass eye. You know, people are, you know, people didn't get a chance to feel sorry for him, and that's when you want to stop. Like Randy Couture stopped. Not like Chuck Liddell stopped. Like Bisping stopped. Not like BJ Penn was stopped. I don't know why I need to, we somehow should analyze, analyze why pity feels so shitty. I mean, we want... Generally, I think most of us want empathy. I want to know that you understand my position about shirtless fellatio. Those of you who didn't come out on the beginning of the show have no idea what I'm talking about. Go back and listen again. But I don't want you to pity me because I didn't figure out well until my penis was in her mouth that we were engaging in sexual activity. How, how things are versus what things mean. So you can, if, if what you want to see is a guy get poked in the eye and then not be able, I mean, we're talking high stake, stakes here. My first impression when I first fought MMA, it was probably like the difference between going from po- uh, college football to pro football. It was incredibly fast. And you're talking about a guy who has been competing. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, I love that. I love that, that out of step shirt. Right. Maybe pity pity is given, not earned. Well, you, hey, man, I disagree. I think I think that some people earn pity. They spend a lot of time trying to... Facebook seems to be a parade for pity, trying to secure pity. But real, genuine pity, that doesn't feel good. You feel sorry for me? You should feel sorry for you. But it I guess maybe because pity somehow is secreted inside a certain aspect of disappointment, and that never feels good. That never feels good. So what does it prove that a guy who can't see now is trying to play a high-stakes game of, of super-fast adjustments and transitions against somebody who is out to get you? There's no point in that. There is no point in that. There's no point in continuing. And I'm not giving a pass to Duffy, who I think was pulling a hashtag February question mark, uh, a Weidman woodpile shit. I don't think he wanted to continue. Jeremy Stevens, you think that that was a good look? However, under normal circumstances, when I see when it's time to fuck shit up, you know, there's sometimes people like Biafra used to say, oh, he did a song where he's like, oh, tonight, tonight, uh, uh, well, it's, tonight, tonight it's a blast, tomorrow you're homeless. And, and that was his response to the riots of the, uh, post the Rodney King trial. I was like, hey, man, I guess you've never been in a position where you need to make a point. You know, sometimes you do, but this is something else. This is this is yeah, this is something else. Can't see, man. That's two days later. You can't read. It's bad enough if you get hit in the head. I got in some, uh, uh, but probably my second MMA fight, which I won, but the guy boxed my ear. I got got total horrible miserable vertigo. Well after that, these guys are paying the cost to not even be the boss, to work for the boss. Fuck it. You gotta stop it. And the stinking cherry on the shit cake was the audience response. Thirty thousand dollars on his fucking camp. And you think he wanted to go out that way? And the in the insult added to the injury. I, I don't know how good your Spanish is, but being called a whore and a faggot. Matacone is well, if it had been, uh, if it had been, uh, if it had been in San Juan, they would have called him a pato. It it doesn't bother me. You guys want to call me gay? It's up to uh, some guy in the early days of the internet called Eugene, you faggot. Some Italian guy at one point was what goes up to some woman, you know, Eugene. She goes, Yeah, He, he said, Eugene is a faggot. She goes, you know, that guy just came over and told me that you were a faggot. I, 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 I laughed. Like telling me I'm Chinese. What do I care? But I did think it noteworthy that minutes before he told her that I was a faggot, he had tried to kiss me. <laughs> He's like, you, I, I At first I said to him, I say, hey, man. I say, how are you liking New York? I knew this guy from Italy. He goes, Eugene, they, they arrest you for everything. I go, really? Such a nice guy. I can't imagine they arrest you for everything. I hadn't seen him drunk. At the end of the show, he was drunk. His drummer comes up to me. She says, Oh, it's great that play a show with you. And I go, Oh my, you were really wonderful. And he goes, Wonderful. Don't lie to her, Eugene. She's a piece of fucking shit. And I go, Oh, Massimo, you need you need to relax, my friend relax, you come here. And he gets closer to me. I go, what is it you need, Marcel? And he gets closer, and he's licking his lips, and he goes, close. I go, I think that's close enough, my friend. He gets closer, I go closer. I said, I think somebody's about to get hurt, and I'm not talking about feelings. And his lips were here, and I grabbed him by the neck, and I was like, if I wanted you to kiss me, I'd have asked for that. And I shoved him down the floor, and he scrambled up and then went over and told my friend, you didn't (laughs) <laughs> this is the world in which I live. Can you believe it? So yeah, uh, uh uh Jeremy has got to run out of stadium pelted by bottles of Modelo. You can't get in I can't get into a show now and get a glass bottle in. The commentators are hiding under the under the under the desk. Bisping had a, you know, I'm I think Bisping is an FSU guy too, you know, fuck shit up guy. You sort of seem to enjoy it. I love this guy, Fitzgerald. You know what he sounds like eerily to me? And tell me if it's not true. He sounds like a knowledgeable Goldberg. It makes me miss Goldberg, but it hurts a little bit. Because I'm sure Goldberg is sitting watching go, that guy sounds just like me, but he kind of knows what he's talking about. But that's not why we love Goldberg. They don't show him on camera because they figured out we don't want to make a personality. This guy. hes on let camera much less than Goldberg was. They learn from their mistakes. They're educable, and they march ahead, but they haven't figured out this eye thing. And I think they're fucking turned on Mexico. Miss Tech was uh, Miss Tech was like ah. I
0: go well. What's the
1: exchange rate? What's the exchange rate? Between the peso and the dollar, I think that you know, yeah, we want a Latin American audience, but we could pipe that shit in through uh, uh tele telemundo, Univision, they don't need to be there. Don't need to be there. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, is a guy all of a sudden, all he wanted to do was to fight and, and to get, but you know, this is the fucked up thing about the oopsie, god. Damn it. It drives me nuts. And it, and it's the same thing. It, it's the same thing about it's the same thing about about corporate America. It's always the intangibles that get you. You could be the most creative fighter in the world. You could have the best win loss record ever. You could show up at the press conferences and give, you know, probing intelligent answers and counter queries and be available to the press. But you say something a little cross eyed, and the boss gets a bee in his bonnet. I went to an executive retreat, and the darkest moment during that retreat was very precisely a moment like that. It's alchemy. I can do, I can check all of the boxes, show up early. Leave late, work through vacation. Da 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 da, da 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 da. And you do one thing that makes a buzz. Look, a friend of mine is a VC guy. He gets a call from his C from the CEO of a company he backs. He goes, Did you see this? And on YouTube and on uh, LinkedIn, one of his employees, like an upper upper level executive, wrote uh, posted an article about what it's like to be on a How What to do if you're an unappreciated employee? The CEO calls the VC guy, goes, what the fuck do I do about this guy? I said, what are you talking about? We just gave that guy 125,000 shares of company stock at $60 a share, and he's posting articles on LinkedIn about what to do if you're an unappreciated fucking employee. I understand it from the Baldwin side. I know there's a lot of shit that's got to go into keeping the keeping the, the trains running on time. But you got Yair after that negotiation, and Yair kind of pulling a Todd Duffy, like I deserve a lot. But I mean, wh- how come I don't get the sense that you're gonna that you're gonna? How come I don't get the sense that you're gonna fuck Crappington as badly as you're gonna fuck Yair? And the guy has done everything. Yeah, and it's weird. Yeah, I know you guys in the comments talk about Zabit, but you know what? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something very specifically. It's like anything else in life. The power of association. America will try to, to, to pimp you out on this, I, this John Wayne idea of rugged individualism Only because they want to isolate you. Only because they want to isolate you. Like I've said before and I'll say again, they take 100 babies and you put them in a field and come back 100 days later, they're all dead. Collective action is the only thing that garners any kind of respectability or response or... or, 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 Power of organization yeah no it won't happen <laughs> we'd like to think that we'd like to think that somewhere there's a Romulus and a Ramus we'd like to think that no won't happen the degree to which you succeed is a degree to which you are able to form alliances Organize and collectivize your activities. You don't think so? Let's talk about the Hells Angels. Oh, it's easy. His last name is the Makadabaka, of Medoff. Anybody can say that. Now, the Hells Angels grew out of guys uh, from World War II hanging out and want to duplicate that experience. I understand it. I remember the first time I went on an eight week tour with the band. I came back and I found myself wanting to hang out in bars. I never wanted to hang out in bars before. I had just spent eight, 56 days in bars. And it was just, not only was I, people, this was during the time where people still smoked in bars. So I was addicted to secondhand smoke and just kind of wanted my, you know, the, the nicotine junkie that I had become passively. Like, hey, let's go hang out in the bar. But it was sort of so after World War II, these cats wanted to, and they formed. Well, shit, what do we like? Why do they have motorcycles? Kind of dangerous, like what we just did. Hung out. I think they started in like 1949, po- immediately sort of post World War II. And pretty soon they realized after that big, when well, they took over that whole town, they mo- made the movie The Wild One about. Congrats, and Jeffrey. Is it a boy? or Is it a girl? I don't remember what you what you have, and I don't remember what you what you had. But I guess we'll give you a cigar, or a pat on the back, a cigar or guns. You got daughters these days. Get yourself a bunch of guns. You already have guns. Double up. So do you hold? Oh, you got. So the new one's a boy. What was the one you have already? And if it's a boy and you didn't name it Eugene, you got some explaining to do. So, in any case, uh, uh, congrats to uh, uh, Genghis Khan aside for the birth of his boy. Oh, so he's got one of each. So you got the guns and you got the cigars. You're fine. But, you know, throwing shit. And then and the, to add the ultimate, the ultimate, ultimate. And usually, shit like this doesn't put me off my feed, but I'm sure if you follow me on Twitter, at Eugenius Robinson, you've seen me tweet it out, Brian Ortega and fucking Cain Velasquez. Cain, friend of Knuckle Up. The fuck are you thinking, man? Everything you ever knew about Jeremy Seamus should have told you that, that that guy's no Todd Duffy. You think it's funny? That was a bad look, man. Bad look. Bad look for your brand, Kane. Bad look for your brand, Brian. Especially given your place in space. Why were the fuck, why were you not on that Mexico card helping out? All that shit's all on your shoulders. And what you think, yeah, was happy with that outcome. He said some sleazy shit afterward, but I think he got his head right pretty soon after. The most important person to you in that cage during that 20, uh, 25 minute engagement is that cat who's running out under a fusillade of fucking bottles, uh, uh plastic bottles, glass bottles, spit, and garbage. Good luck. Now, hey, listen. When, uh, uh, who was that cat who went crazy and was naked in the church? uh uh I can't remember his name. The T- former TV host fighter. And he got in the cage after Jake Shields and Nick Diaz won. And there was, guys, was CBS. It was CBS. was CBS. It's, it's, I, that was an FSU moment, a fuck shit up moment. I liked it. I liked it. That guy was out of line. He got what was coming. Guy got hurt, bro. Hurt. So, is there? You know, uh, no, 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 my friend, that's not it. That's not it. I'm going to tell you what Michael Mad, Mad, Mad Mayhem Miller. Thank you. What Michael Madsen said: You have a son, you got to worry about his dick. You have a daughter, you have to worry about every dick in town. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how serious that is. I have embraced the reality. That there's a strong possibility, a greater than 50% possibility, that sometime during the rest of what remains of my life on this planet, I will have to murder somebody for having crossed the line with one of my daughters. Do you think my mother has ever said that about me, her son? I know somehow I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to murder some woman for stepping out of line with my son. And she's never said that. As I've said many a time, with four sisters, three daughters, hashtag don't try it. Don't try it. You mess with women that I know. In fact, I remember seeing some guy get into a fight with this woman in the streets. and say, cut it out. Oh, man, what cut it the, cut it out. You're in a public space, meaning you're inviting public comment, and I'm telling you right now to cut it out. I can't tell you what you do in the privacy of your home. It's your own decision. Hey, as, a, as a boy, my mother's only concern was that I come home saying, Somebody got I got somebody pregnant. That was the only concern. She should have been concerned about the rest of the stuff because how many times was did people try to fucking rape me on the streets of New York? When I was twelve or thirteen years old, more times than I want to count. So yes, boys should get the could get the same same consideration. I'm not talking about hormones. Most kids are not doing crazy shit. My oldest daughter made bad, uh, uh, you know, not bad boyfriend decisions. Yes, she did make really horrible boyfriend decisions, actually. So this UFC uh, fight night one fifty nine was a wash. It was a black eye according to Colonel Cathcart. Correct. There's a big difference between Mayhem and Crappington. Mayhem was likable and had, of course, mental problems that ended up costing him dearly, maybe. Crappington's a piece of shit. Doesn't realize he's dead man walking. Yes, and all my daughters fought, which gave me an extra added measure of security. Not only did they fight when they got to high school, they all wrestled and they all went to the States, beat boys routinely, would come back to jujitsu and beat adult men and they go. Oh, you, you guys, how cute! And then I look over and it goes. Oh, oh, oh. And then the second time, if you try to muscle and they get choked again, don't try it. My biggest, my biggest struggle was to somehow convince my daughters that they could tell me something about something bad that would ha- happen to them without tying it into a reality that their father would then go code red and really hurt somebody. Yeah, I mean, I no, no. I'm, what what happened? You, look, you can tell me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm not what happened? What, come on, just tell your dad what what. It's like Sonny and the Godfather. Well, you
0: know, I am
1: out of the house. You said you How many times have have you beat people up to that? Well, you know. Thank God my daughters have so far been relatively unscathed. And I'm Sicilian that way. I don't have to get you now. I don't have to get you five years from now. Ten years from now. As long as you're walking this planet and I'm walking this planet, you run a great risk. If I catch you slipping, you're fucking done. But I, 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 I digress. This fight... This UFC fight night 159. I don't, bald one is at his desk. The desk I've seen it, he sits at in Vegas where he's, oh, oh, no, nobody's there. Huh, what, 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 nobody. I know you're not fucking working in there. Cut it out. Cut it
0: out. You're not working.
1: He made stacking money on that desk. But this fight, like Colonel Cathcart, it broke down a u- universe and the black eye. It's a black eye. Even FSU people like me. Fuck shit up guys like I just look at that and I go, what? And the card was weak anyway. The card was weak anyway. I picked against Carla Sparza, though I wanted to pick her. But she's been a gift and then, and then she won. So I fucked up my pick rate. Ah, whatever. And I picked uh, 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 Eubanks. Uh, over Betchka, and then Bechka actually get, get in full gig fashion rose and then beat her so you, 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 Eubanks is a set but, but yeah on the on the gins, the John Nash significance scale, shit doesn't mean anything. And not all the fights have to mean something. This was not a fight that meant something, not even necessarily a fight for you or a fight for me. This was a fight to build the south of the border brand. And did it do it? Nope. Nope Did not. Did not. So that means it used it was less than nothing. Less than nothing. I went into the casino with a pocket full of hundreds. I came out of the casino broke. Did you have fun? Nope. Did you play any games? Nope. How'd you lose the money? I fell down a flight of stairs, and when I woke up, the money was gone. I know a guy who was in Egypt. I, oh, it's wonderful. Oh, going down the street, taking photos. You should write that story, Tech, for the True story section of Ozzy. 1,100 words. Give you $250 if you got photos. I'm not going to have a private conversation with you, Genghis, in a public forum. Your story is still online. It's still running. I don't know why you keep saying it's not running. Don't say that unless you want it to not run. If you're telling me not to run it, I won't run it, but it's on the schedule. I've edited it. I hate talking about work and non-work times. <laughs> it drives me crazy. So, yes, Khabib is going to fight GSP. They're talking about, yes, 1,100 words, more or less. Think about it. I'll 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 pitch it at tomorrow's editorial meeting. I'll bring it up. So, Khabib is going to fight. I mean, look, right now they're trying. Right now they're trying to fill in some space in their fa- our fantasy MMA league. Their very real MMA league between McNuggets and the and, and the ninety two percent chance he's going to walk on the anal rape charge. Try to figure where's and then you know what to do when when Khabib gets to his his retirement number. And what to do with you know a, maybe a not a surging, but you know, I mean a lot of things, lot of a lot of things in play on that, that, that end of the weight scale. And you got the bad motherfucker belt, and and you got you got you so far have us into early 2020 with fights that are pretty high on the gin's, the John Nash significant scale, and that are entertaining besides. But this shit that we just endured, no 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 no. You know, Conor, uh, yeah, I, I think McNuggets. Uh, will walk. I think he'll. He's got a 92 percent chance of walking, and get with a hundred million dollars in the bank. He should be able to pay off the appropriate. Uh, <laughs> do not doubt yourself, like Psycho Killer. Say something once. I want to say it again. Uh, for the rest of you who don't know, Genghis wrote a great fucking piece, and it's gonna run on Ozzy. But we run eight new articles a day, so that means you know it'll probably run three weeks, four weeks down the road. Just because it's not it's not immediate, just because it's the internet. I got a, a schedule. I don't control the schedule. I don't do programming. I just get the pieces in the pipeline and they choose. Unless there's a news hook for something, like uh, a guy just wrote a piece for me about the uh, dolomite. And the movie doesn't open until October 16th. So his piece is held until October 16th. So I think I think McNuggets will fight again, but all of that shit before all the preferential treatment at this point now and that's the thing that's maddening. That's maddening. You get a guy like, yeah, who actually, you know, they didn't suker you him, but they just brought up just, you know, just, I mean, McNuggets is losing more fights. And what are they going to do when that guy loses two more fights? Don't think that they're not, that they're not stage managing this stuff. Do not think for a second. I, I meant to go to to Khabib's uh, uh, win loss thing and see how many uh, uh, true grapplers he's fr- fought, but the idea that he that he that you know, I mean like the, that Kung Lee pick, ooh good, oh y'all fight him. Ooh. Uh. It doesn't matter. These are deck chairs, Titanic. We're happy they're moving, but this UFC fight night one fifty nine was a fucking crock of stinking shit. And in some of those circumstances where everything goes right. This is one of the ones where everything goes wrong, where, you know, what things meant were what things were. Things were shitty, and it meant they were shitty. And it revealed the shittiness all around. Even the good people came out smelling shitty. It was a total negative. A total negative. I had a panel to do. For this movie called Desolation Center, about desert concerts, it set the template both of Burning Man and Coachella. In fact, Gary Tovar was one of the early guys at both. Guy I used to know in the old days. Went to jail for nine years for, uh, for drug smuggling, but fundamentally built Golden Voice, and that turned into the. I think they bought him out eventually. But you know, he's the one who put together Coachella, not the guys who put together Burning Man. But this guy just said, we're gonna go we're, why why does music have to happen in nightclubs? forget that. We're gonna go out into the desert and have it. So uh, Stuart Sweezy had me uh, speak on his panel since I was an original California punk rocker and so on. It's a good film. you should see it. I think it's online. Look up Des- Desolation Center. It's got Einste, Einste Neuberen, uh Blix Blixer Bargeld's band that played uh, all of their instruments were initially power tools. And it sounds funny, but they were a great fucking band. And it had uh, 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 Perry Farrell from James Addiction, his first band, uh, Red Cross, who I loved, uh, Meat Puppets, who I also loved, Minutemen, who we played with and were strangely weird to us. And years later, when we played a show with Mike Watt and his Minutemen, uh, no, Mike Watt, what was the name of his his band? I can't remember. Uh, But they were kind of weird to us, too. They were kind of weird to us, too. But in any case, the movie was great, and I was on the panel. So I had to watch the fights this morning, and it darkened my whole fucking day. It really did. I almost didn't do this show, but I knew that everybody would be a little bit weirded out if I didn't do the show after last week's show where I said, I'm not doing any, 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 any commercials anymore. You guys either pony up or the show dies. That's it. You know that. I know that. I don't need to be talking. I'm not a television preacher. So I knew if I didn't do today's show, you'd be like, oh, that motherfucker, he bailed out. I go, why could he do? No, no, no. So I'm doing the show. But it really darkened my day. And that's what sports is for. It's supposed to elevate the rising and advancing of the spirit or indicate that we're knee-deep in shit. And we are knee-deep in shit. Nobody comes out of it smelling good. Yeah, Stevens, bitch. Carla Sparza, Shahar Eubanks, the bald one. I guess uh, Bisping and Fitzgerald came out looking good. Mexico. You know? Because the thing is, uh, and it ties in to the beginning intro story, the thing is, if there's not a satisfactory conclusion to the sexual happenings, it's not a successful conclusion. What'd you do last night? I had sex. Oh, great.
0: Well, not really. Not really.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there were a few knockouts, here. Yeah. And Herb, Herb Dean... It's nice to see the sexy and sophisticated Herb Dean do his thing finally. But you know what? My my, I, I'm sort of – but, of course, listen. Oh, sorry. Thank you, Antonio Brown. I'll finish off with that. But before I get to Antonio Brown, I want to say if you think that this shit show was accidental, I don't think so. I think they knew Sean Shelby, also knew, known as Keith. There's a possibility to turn into a shit show. It doesn't matter because next week's fight is fucking strong. We're talking about Hermanson versus uh, uh, Cannoneer. And they're about. I have about eight eight cares on that fight. It's a good fight. I had about four on this UFC fight night 159, and I had to be talking into two of those. Eight is strong. Eight is strong. Worthwhile seeing. But Antonio Brown, you know, there he, there there, uh, there was another cat who I'm not a big football fan. I can't remember his name. Um, T- Terrell Owens, T-O. Anderson Silva. He did fight Anderson Silva. Um, and he dropped weight and has become a killer at the weight that he dropped to. There's a, a reservoir of anger coming out of Cannoneer. He was my pick for that fight even though Steph and uh, John Nash picked uh, Hermanson because they like his grappling. I don't know that that's even going to come into play. Could be wrong. Maybe I'm right. Finley did this great breakdown of the entire length of care, don't care. Wins, loss, cares, picks against don't cares. Um, but, yeah, Terrell Owens, you know, you get these guys who are super – I don't know if you've ever been around, spent much time around professional athletes. Like, I had more than a passing acquaintance with, like, a few of them, like Cedric Sabalo's. Some of the guys at the NFL Players Association, uh, 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 fucking uh, Elway when he was at Stanford, Ken Marjoram who played for the Chicago Bears, the 49ers. And, and these cats are, are like different people. One, most of them have been playing since their peewee ball. So their, their, their mores are, are fucking different from those of us who, who are normal. And they've been in the most crucial kind of meritocracy ever. It's like if you were a star player on a team, you know it, everybody knows it. And there's a feedback loop that's Mike Tyson. Confidence breeds success, success breeds confidence, and these guys start to do things like fart in their doctor's faces. Did you see that? You didn't see that as part of the guy's story. You, you know, I'm going to go right to it. You know, I got it right here. Pittsburgh, Dr. Clams Antonio repeatedly farted in his face, owes him a huge shitload of cash. Normal law doesn't mean anything to cats like this. But there's a certain clubhouse cancer, there's a certain clubhouse cancer line that you cross, and then you become a Terrell Owens, you become, uh, who was that guy, Uh, Gary, uh, the baseball player from the L.A. Dodgers, who... uh, not, uh, yeah, uh, God, I, I'm going to be, I can't, I can't remember his name. Well, he fought it five times. Uh, yeah, whoever the LA played was a, a clubhouse cancer. And, um, and, there, and Colby Crappington has become a clubhouse cancer. In other words, if you're looking at this at tri, as, as tri-level chess, there's no place where you can move that player at this point where nobody feels, where anybody feels good about it. Yeah, five parts in a row, man. That guy's got other problems. You need to see a gastrointro guy, gastroenterologist. So uh, the guy is irredeemable. The only way a guy like that comes back is through in uh, through an excess of 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 enforced humility, right? Yeah, To was a jerk. But uh, who was a cat from the L.A. L.A. Um, no, not Fire Hose. No, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no. Nah. It's a band that I played with him. Uh, uh, we, he did this whole thing about being like a ship's mechanic. There was this whole like rock opera thing, maybe 2004, 2005. Not, not that was immediate. Yeah, Ed from Ohio, Fire Hose. I'm talking about 2004. Saint Melinda, whatever that that song is on it. But T.O. was, yeah, so he, then he started having mental problems, probably CTE, and then he was duly chastened, but he had come back, and he was no longer kissed by the gods. Talent was gone. Colby Crappington should take note. Antonio Brown should take note. And Antonio Brown, his charges are mcnuggets again. We're talking rape. And if you don't think those charges happen, you're a fucking fool. I read the woman's account, and I've been around enough fucking pro guys, and I know it's like, Do you know who the fuck I am. It's like that line from that P. Diddy song, you know, uh, when I score with a whore, she'd be down for sure. Nigga pimp so hard, he dra- drag his mink on the floor. Any bitch fucking with me, believe me, that's a privilege. And I listened to that line, and 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 I was like. Yeah, that's it. Ball hog or tug book. That's it. And I listen to that line going, my Pete Diddy's an asshole. I go, wait a minute. You're a 28 year old billionaire. That line is probably fully accurate. It doesn't change the fact that you're a target. People are after your ass, and you should straighten up and fly right. Brown is fucking done. He's like, I quit. He's like, you can't quit. You're fired. Fucking team. They want you go hang out with fucking Kaepernick because you two are guys that are never getting back in, and only one of you deserves to get back in. You can't be your fucked people, and, and Raider fan will never forgive you. So you fucked Raider fan, but the Patriots, and the Patriots are like, you can't, that's A-level, man. That's like A-list shit. You can't be rolling in there with that kind of fucking fucked up shit. Sebastian Janikowski found a home. And now he's throwing cats like like Tech69, throwing cats under under the bus. Ben Roethlisberg is a fucking rapist, allegedly. Slapped on the wrist, allowed to play. But, bro, (laughs) bro, he wasn't texting people. He left no fucking trail. It was somebody in a bathroom stall versus somebody else in a bathroom stall. Got flex room on that one. Antonio Brown is fucked. He's about to learn a valuable lesson, and no, neither one of these teams has paid him yet. He's like, where's my buddy? see if the NFL players, hope you saved enough, bitch. So the show has gone long, 12 minutes over. Uh, congrats again, Genghis. Go back and listen to the show where I, I, I address political discourse on Twitter. I don't give a fuck Just to, if you don't have the time to go back. I know you got the kid now. You have sleepless nights in front of you. But, uh, 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 you know, tagging me on all these political discussions. If You guys just go have a drink together because I don't give a fuck. Things as they were or are versus what they mean, go back to that portion of the discussion at the beginning of the show. Next week, UFC – Uh, On Saturday, worth seeing. Hermanson and Kananir. Not not an A-level fight, but there are eight fights on uh, on the card that I cared about. So definitely a watch. Monday afternoon, Care Don't Care goes. You can hear those picks. John Nash, Steph, and I break it down. Tuesday night, 720. We got uh, If I Did It. And now I get the secrets out of the bag. It's me and Alexi and Ms. Tech. I'm on my best behavior. By which I mean, I haven't gotten it like talking all over, her like I stomped all over Kid Nate. I'm actually letting her have her say, because I don't, you know, I don't. Want, you know, not much longer. I, it, it was all I could do this last show. I was sitting there with my lip like this. I'm trying to be polite, trying. Right after that, if I did it, if the shoes fit, with uh, um, <laughs> you got to get in there. You got, you got to fight. I got to fight for that edge. Yeah, and you know how to do that. Uh, after that is If the Shoes Fit with uh, 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 Bullpen Betty, big baseball fan. Uh, uh, but it was uh, 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 on the on the pol- politics show. That's not really politics. It's non-MMA PR kerfuffles. The sex column is up right now. <laughs> and I got to say, if you haven't gone to Ozzy.com or you're not following me on Twitter, and and have seen it. It's got the completely fucking ridiculous headline that just amuses the fuck out of me every time I see it, especially with the photo that whoever put there put with it. But it's, I'll just show it to you. It cracks me the fuck up. When a vibrator makes a man feel shame. And I have to say, honest to God, well, I don't want to say, but you guys have been killing it and sending me the sex questions. The last three weeks completely owned by, by Show Stompers. A lot of those questions completely owned by Show Stompers. And remember, I don't have to run your real name. I just run the name that you put immediately after letter. I don't put your, your screen name on. I don't put any of that shit on. I just run the name. So if you put Jimmy Crack Corn, I put Jimmy Crack Corn. Simple. But you guys have been killing it. Thank you. It makes my week a lot easier. <laughs> anyway that's the end of the show this has been the show stop of V81 I'm your host Eugene S. Robinson thanks for listening uh, uh, follow me at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter Instagram is still gate kept Mr. Sleep the number three uh, but I gotta sneak into your words I gotta sneak into your world and see before you but the better, I'm figuring out how to do super chat uh, Ms. Tech is helping me try to actually set this place up like a studio uh, yeah, I know I've been talking about for about 13 years, but I'll eventually getting around to doing it. I got work outside the house that needs to get done first. That's what's holding me up. So anyway, uh, we'll see you. Uh, do not die between now and next Sunday. Otherwise, condolences to your family. We'll see you soon. Look what you made me do! <laughs>